Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. It's great to see all of you. I appreciate uh, all of your prayers over the last couple of weeks while we have been on the other side of the world in China. Uh, God is faithful to his children wherever we are. Amen. And uh, it's good, good to be home. And I uh, want to say publicly that I appreciate uh, the Ferrara family for allowing Philip to travel with me. He was a great help and uh, a good friend on our trip. And uh, we're, we're just glad to be back in this part of the world. I love, I love going, but I love coming home better. And uh, I heard, I heard Nick, uh, Nick Saban, the coach from the University of Alabama, they said that Nick Saban hated losing more than he loved winning. I don't know what that has to do with what I just said, but I love going, but I love coming home more. I love the joy of getting to preach the gospel in other parts of the world, but there is no place like home, and it's good to be home. Uh, Jim Gilbert's back there. Jim got home last week, and uh, he was over in the other part of the world as well, in Kurdistan, Iraq, and uh, just to appreciate God's faithfulness, Jim got sick while he was gone, ended up in the hospital. His brother had to fly there to help him get home, and, uh, and Jim's had some butt-kicking jet lag this week as well as I have and Philip. and uh, it's also great to have, we're, we're just, it, we're a real busy time, but it's great to have Helga from Uganda is home too, so Helga, come on up. Want to invite Helga to the stage, it's been two years since Helga was home. And uh, it is just so great to have her back in the United States. Helga is one of our own. She's one of our women of God. And uh, I love her, love her like a sister. And uh, my sister had a great uh, part in Helga's salvation and life and discipleship. And, and she's a lot of the woman she is today because of somebody that we both love. But she, she has, uh, she's lived out, she has good fruit. Uh, and uh, I just rejoice. Uh, she's only home for three weeks, and I've already rebuked her, gave her fatherly rebuke for that. No way should she come home after two years and only stay for three weeks. But uh, Helga, it's great to have you home. Say hi to the folks. Hey. I will tell you, um, I am always so proud to say that The Rock is my family. I'm... I, I speak with great love uh, to you guys. Uh, and then, as I've said before, I can't do there uh, what I do without you here. And people keep asking me, where's home? I say, well, I've got two homes. Because I can't have home there without having home here. Um, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, so... I'm really thankful that Relax. God. You're home. <sighs> Stop shaking. You know. Forget these notes. You don't need any notes. Just say hi. Okay. We're, we're going to say everything. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, I want the notes. <laughs> Where? Anyway. You don't need them. I'm bringing greetings to you from uh, our South Sudan family. From, uh, from our kids and from many people in Uganda as well. So um, I've, I've really enjoyed 
having Gene Clark come and visit Uganda. And El Clark was in Africa some time ago, and I really enjoyed having him here. We, we need help. So more of you want to come? You're welcome. <laughs> you can come for a week, a month, a year. Uh, you, when you meet our kids, you'll love them. And uh, God's been very faithful. We have got property now, and we're, gonna, we're beginning to build our own compound. We've been renting for two weeks, I mean two, two years. years. And uh, we're, we've got the architect drawings, and uh, we're in the process of beginning to build a new home because it doesn't look like South Sudan's going to settle too quickly. We, we thought we might go back, but it's not looking good. And the kids, the kids are doing so well in school. And God has really protected us and given us favor with the government. Um, there's amazing stories with that. And uh, Pastor George is going to tell you about some other things. You'll kind of get a chance to meet our kids, in a sense. And you'll hear more about that from PG. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your support. Um, and thank you for being my family. Amen. All right, so, so there has been a movie made of uh, the ministry that Helga is a part of over there, and uh, I saw the excerpt of uh, uh, a clip of a trailer of the movie that was made, and uh, so the producer of this film is going to fly here to Gainesville in two weeks, and we're going to show a showing of the movie. It's a two-hour movie. They are believing that Netflix is going to pick this up. It's a huge deal. It's all about their life. They're, I mean, the part, you're going to love it. And I want to encourage everybody to make plans Wednesday night, November the 13th. I'll be in Cuba, but you'll be here. And uh, at 6.30, it'll be a two-hour viewing, and uh, you'll meet the lady that's produced this. Uh, it's, it's really super well done, and you're going to see... Uh, Helga and their staff, their team. Uh, you're going to meet the, the kids and really get a firsthand look. I want to encourage all of you, bring your kids. They're not too young to see this. And uh, I think it'll give you a, a huge advantage in knowing how to pray for Helga and the work they're doing over there. Helga is such an amazing, I don't have time to tell her story, but she's such an amazing woman of God. And uh, for those of you that know her story of salvation, it was a remarkable story. But her story didn't end at salvation. Amen. And uh, didn't end on a chopper in San Francisco meeting Jesus as Lord and Savior of her, of her life. But she literally has committed the rest of her life to doing the will of God, no matter what it cost her. And, uh, and it's cost her everything. She's left her family here, her nursing degree, her money. She lives by faith and by what we support her with. And, uh, but she's a, she's a true sister in the faith. I was reading an article this week about some, some major denomination was talking about women ought to have their place and they need to be at home and quiet. And I thought, how stupid uh, some of the garbage that comes out in the name of Jesus, the, 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 the world that, that would not be impacted if it weren't for women of God. And I am thankful for every woman that does anything. All of you guys are amazing. I love you. Get off my stage so I can preach. Amen. Amen. 
But Helga leads the way, and I appreciate so much. She gave a couple of years of her life in China, and then she uh, headed to Africa, and I think she might be there for the rest of her life. So anyhow, it's great to have you home, Helga. Next time you come home for three months, not a day short of that, or I'm going to stop supporting you. Um, <laughs> Real quick, just an update um, from China. I want to throw some pictures up there. Just throw them up there, okay? Uh, Josh and Angel, uh, Gabby, Evangeline, and little JJ, even though he's not little, he's four months old, and he hurt my back carrying him while I was there. Those are all the gifts we took home. Everybody's wearing Florida gear, and, uh, but they are, they're an amazing family. Gabby is 11 now. She'll be 12 next month. Evangeline is four and a half, speaks fluent English, fluent Mandarin. Matter of fact, little Evangeline, was she was like a she was like a something I couldn't get her off, couldn't peel her off of me so I'm I'm sitting there one day writing Suzanne a long um, text and all of a sudden I realized I'm not reading it out loud somebody else is reading it out loud and it's four-year-old Evangeline who's raised as a Chinese speaking Mandarin reading a text at four years of age over my shoulder never missed a word out loud in English and I just stopped and looked at her and said girl and so I asked her dad and she he, and Josh said, Evangeline drives me nuts, wants, uh, demands an hour and a half every day for me to teach her English. She's not even in school yet. She's four years old and reads on a third grade, second grade, third grade level. Yeah. That is pretty amazing. And uh, Gabby is just, uh, Gabby is just, I have no words to describe Gabby. She is 11 years old. Uh, she plays piano and leads worship in their house church. And uh, she wrote a song and played it for me while we were there. And she, uh, she told me, she said, Papa George, she said, I am such a blessed girl because my dad has taught me English from the day I was born. So Joshua speaks to her only in English. Uh, Angel speaks to her only in Mandarin. She goes back and forth from one language to the other. She actually thinks in English, which means English is her first language. She is studying French in private uh, tutoring school with her dad, taking the piano an hour and a half every day. And she was mine and Philip's translator everywhere we went. Uh, she went with us and P Chinese would just stop her and go, who's this white man that you're walking around with? And, and why do you, how can you speak English so well? So she started sharing some of her testimony in places. Uh, she was great helping Philip and I find some Chinese ice cream. And uh, so, but she's just a remarkable young lady. Uh, in one of the house meeting services we had, she came up, tears running down her face. She said, Papa George, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I said, okay, babe, we're gonna pray for you. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't wait for a later time so they went, got the rug, laid it out, then got the little carpet things and set them down. And she got down on her knees in front of me, bawling as I laid hands and began to prophesy over her. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, spoke in tongues and worshiped God. Um, she just, I told her, I said, sweetheart, I said, God has a plan for you that's so much bigger than you are, you can't even imagine. Uh, she's just, uh, she's a magnet for learning and uh, she wanted books. So I took her uh, five books and I went into her piano room and she has a whole big bookshelf, just slam full of books. And I was like, Gabby, you wanted books. You got all these books to read. She said, oh, Papa George, I've read all of those books. And uh, she's just, uh, she, she loves hungers for truth. And her dad and mom, Josh and Angel are just doing a fabulous job. Go ahead, 
flip. Um, uh, we actually did get to take them to the Panda Reserve. They only live about three miles from it, but had never been to it. Uh, the kids hadn't. And uh, so we had a great time. Philip and the girls were having a blast chasing the panda bears. And uh, uh, next one, please, just fl- go through there. There's just a picture of us trying to get out of the bamboo forest. And, uh, and then this is in the house church. All, I, all I'll say about the meetings is Joshua and Angel now are responsible for 12 house groups that are meeting in two different cities, um, five hour, four and a half, five hours apart. They're doing fabulous. All the people uh, in the background in these pictures are um, different house church leaders. There's Gabby playing the piano and leading worship. And uh, it was just an incredible time. I cried. I, I know you are surprised with that, but I, I cried through most of uh, the worship time as these people just hunger uh, for truth. And and uh, when I walked in, the 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 welcome I got from these people, I've only met one other time before three years ago. Um, they just above and beyond honored me. Of course, I had to pray and lay hands on every single one of them uh, before I could leave. They, wouldn't, they blocked the door, locked it until I prayed for every one of them. So anyhow, it was a great trip. We come home uh, tired but refreshed in the spirit over the bigness of what God's doing. Thank you for your prayers. We were, we were really well the whole time I woke up last Sunday to come home, which was Saturday evening here for you guys. And I felt like I'd been in a battle with my bed and the bed won. My back was completely out of sorts. And so I had 27 hours of traveling home with a a big old ball in the middle of my back, but I made it home and I am being treated and thank God for healing. Amen. All right, one last thing before I get into the Word, and that is uh, the Sunday before I left, we had seed offering here, and uh, once again, as I saw the numbers come in, totally overwhelmed at the bigness of God through all of your lives, and uh, so I want to just share something in a little different fashion than we normally do uh, for you to remember our seed offering in the spring, uh, 1st of April was $187,711.62. I think you should give the Lord a hand for that because that's your faithfulness in giving. Our seed offering uh, a couple of weeks ago was totaled out yesterday, and it came in at $200,016.37. Uh, for a total seed offering this year of $387,727.99. That is above and beyond your tithe and your offerings. And uh, I have, I'm overwhelmed by the faithfulness of this house. So about 39,000, that immediately right off the top goes to world missions, spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Two weeks from today, uh, I'll be leaving after service to go back to Cuba, uh, where we will be ministering. Uh, They had promised us about 80 pastors uh, would show up for this next pastor's conference. We'll be teaching on the kingdom of God, tithes, offerings, finance, all the messages that have changed and affected our life. And they sent a letter on Friday to Oscar and and said they have 200 pastors registered uh, for this conference. So we need your prayer support. We need to be able to get there. Um, as many of you know, you're following the news. President Trump has decided basically to shut down all travel of Americans into Cuba uh, starting next month. And uh, they are, and it, which I support 100%. All the money that has gone into that island for the last few years since uh, the doors were opened by our uh, last president. And all of that support has basically gone to the government um, of Cuba. It's not helped the people 
And so we're just uh, appreciative. We know the word of the Lord has not changed for us. And we know that uh, even if we have to ch- um, jump through some hoops, the Lord's going to open doors somehow, some way. They have shut down all cruises. Most of you know that into Cuba now. Uh, as of Friday, President Trump has shut down all airlines into Cuba except into Havana. No more chartered flights are going to be able to be chartered out of Florida. And uh, for a whole lot of reasons. But the bottom line is the word of the Lord is to go for us to go. And I believe the Lord's going to open those doors. So two weeks from today, we'll be leaving after service and uh, we'll have you guys pray over us before we head there. So uh, 39,000 of that seed offering will go towards uh, missions. The rest of it will go towards our building. And uh, anybody ride past the building site this week? We got uh, still going up and uh, Pastor Ed got so excited. He wanted to have children's church out there this weekend. Uh, but uh, the, all the still uh, has gone up over the children's wing, and uh, we're excited about it. So two weeks from today, we'll show you an updated video of what's going on out at the property. All right, so let's get into the Word. Open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6, and I want to pray one more time as we jump into this Word. Father, thank you once again for your Word. Thank you for what it does, what it produces in our life. I pray today that uh, even as in the earlier service this morning, this Word will build faith and hope and excitement for the things of God, for the kingdom of God. Pray fresh anointing on it. I pray, Father, over uh, me the ability to speak it uh, without any hindrance. Father, that uh, you would be glorified through this Word and we would receive the benefit of what it will do and produce in our lives. So we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. So I want to talk about the joy of hope for a moment. I realize in coming back um, into the country, first of all, I'm always, as, as much as I kind of joke about it, I, I'm very serious. I love America. I love what we have. I love the blessing of our nation. But I also recognize and realize to whom much is given, much is required. And we are a people that have been tremendously blessed. I'm not talking about just the Rock of Gainesville. I'm talking about us as a nation. We have been tremendously blessed. I do believe we will be held accountable by the Father to do what we have been called to do, anointed to do, gifted to do, financed to do. And, uh, but with it requires several things. One is we got to be people of the, of the kingdom and not people of the world. Me- meaning we've got we've to be so kingdom minded. We got to be full of the word of God. We got to be, our prayer life has got to be up to date. Our worship life has got to be up to date. Every day, those three things got to be a part of who we are, what we are, and what we do so that we can affect our society being kingdom people instead of being affected uh, by our culture and our society and it impacting the kingdom of God in a negative. We are the light of the world. Jesus Christ has poured everything into us. Now we are to go into the world and pour everything that he's given us freely. We have received freely. We give away again. And the reality of it is, is when you spend too much time in front of 24 hour a, a day, uh, bad news on cable vision, television, stupid vision, whatever you want to call it. You are hard pressed to be able to be people of faith, people of hope, people of confidence, people that believe that everything God said will come to pass because we are moved as Americans so much by what we see and hear on a daily basis. And we are affected thinking the whole kingdom of God must be going through what we're going through. And it's not. The reality of it is, is we are called for greatness. People of God are called for greatness. 
I talk about Gabriella, but I want to tell you, I believe every child that is a child of the Rock of Gainesville, a child of every family in this place is called of God, anointed of God, destined of God, established by God. God has a future, a hope, a purpose, and a plan for every one of our children. And we're either going to let the world and our society affect them, or we, the people of God, are going to be kingdom-minded, where we change the way our children think because we cover them, protect them, guard them, watch over them, and speak in to their life. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. It's big. Every time I tell Gabriella how amazing she is, she just looks up at me with, with bewilderment. Like, why would you say that? And I say, because God loved you and God has placed you and he's gifted you and he's given you all of these abilities. You're an incredibly intelligent young person and God's going to use you in this part of the world the same way he uses Papa George in other parts of the world and she just looks at me in awe and I say baby girl believe it it's going to happen matter of fact I told her on this trip I said God's going to take you places that I'm never going to get to go He's going to use you in ways that he's never, ever been able to use me. He's going to touch lives in a significant way through you. You can't even imagine or think the bigness of what God has planned for you. And listen to this. Every one of you ought to be speaking that into your children. First of all, you need to get your kids down in front of you. You need to lay hands on them and get them filled with the Holy Ghost if they're not. Because they can't live for God without the Holy Spirit. It'll be an up, upward battle all the days of their life. We need the power of the living Christ living in us 24-7. We need to worship God in our understanding. We need to worship God in the spirit. We need to pray in our understanding. We need to pray in the spirit. We need to talk in our understanding. And we need to talk in the spirit realm. Because without it, we just become mundane, boring, dried out, dead American religious people. And I don't know about you, but I didn't live this long to end up that way. Right. Amen? Amen? God has a purpose. I got about nine of y'all believing that right now. Because, see, I, I can tell some of y'all just been inundated with cable network news. And what I see in your eyes is not hope and faith. It's, oh, God, how are we going to survive? My God, you still live in the greatest nation in the history yes. of the world. Yes. A free nation. We didn't have to get checked at the door coming in here this morning. We didn't have to worry about our sound going out. We didn't have to worry about being arrested for worshiping God freely. We have so many liberties and freedom that we need to grab hold of and say, to whom God has given much, God requires much. Therefore, for what he's blessed me with, I want my life to count. And I don't know about you. I, I, I know for me, a, oftentimes I come home from trips like this and I go, God, thank you that once again I am reminded of how big and awesome and great you are and you're not limited to America. Yes. I mean, God's doing amazing things all over the world. He's doing amazing things. Helga can tell you amazing stories of God's faithfulness. El can tell you amazing stories of God's faithfulness. Jim Gilbert can tell you amazing stories of God's faithfulness in other parts of the world. But hear me, God still wants to do something significant, great in our lives. Thing is, we got to believe it. So I want to read you some scriptures this morning with the hopes that some of you are going to get a hold of a little bit more faith today and a little bit more hope today for the plans that God has for you. Hebrews chapter 6, beginning with verse 13. Just follow along. It'll be on the screen above me. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. That's a great scripture just to underline, circle, do whatever you want to do. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. 
For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I love, there is so much truth in this one powerful particular set of scriptures, and I love the fact that, that we can remind ourselves daily that we are sons and daughters of Abraham. Abraham was named by Yahweh the living God as the father of faith. For one simple reason, Abraham heard and obeyed the voice of God. That's simple. He heard and he obeyed the voice of God. And in obeying, he stepped out and he began to go to a land that he knew not of. He didn't even know where he was going, didn't know when he would get there. All he knew was God said go, and he got up and go. And out of that, God said, he renames him Abram to Abraham and says, you're father of the faith, and we are children of that faith. We are sons and daughters of Abraham. Therefore, every promise that you see in God's word, hear me, you have a right to stake claim to it. You have a right to declare the promises of Abraham come all the way down from generation to generation through every generation into our lives so that we can take it. And he said in verse 14, he said, surely I will bless you and multiply you. Now, how many of you like that? Come on, be honest with me. You like that? You want to be multiplied in blessing? You want blessing to just overtake blessing in your life? But hear me, the blessing of God is not always the way that we American Christians think it is. We think it's bigger, higher paying job, bigger house, a newer car, you know, this and that, all this stuff. And, and the reality of it is the blessing of God and his multiplication might be in something that God wants to do in your life and through your life. To use you in a significant way. It was only two decades ago that Helga Priest was riding down uh, uh, in a gay parade in San Francisco on a chopper and cried out to God. As she heard a voice say to her, look around, left and right, look around and see what you become. And Helga pulls that chopper off to the side of the road, gets off her chopper, gets down on her knees and cries out, God, if you're real, save me. Who would have ever dreamed 20 years later, she would be on a second, third, fourth, fifth uh, missions tour, giving her life to the kingdom of God, loving children, healed and whole and complete, no longer confused about who she is and her sexuality and, and, and what all curses had been passed down. All of that came under the blood of Jesus, right? Because God saw the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. That's why you need to look at your children and don't just look at what you see in the natural, man. You need to begin to ask Holy Spirit to open your eyes and let you see what he sees about every one of your children. If you're going to birth a dozen of them, man, then know that God has a plan for a dozen of them. All right? If you got one, God's got a plan for one. And the reality is you want to get a hold of it, grab hold, stir yourself up, stir yourself in faith, and begin to believe. You need to hang on to the promise of God. Some of you, many of you are here today, you're, you have wayward children. You have children that were raised in this house, and today they're out in the world. They're lost. They're, they're, you, you, you think, God, there's no way. I'm looking at them. There's no way you can save them. Yes, he can. He saved you, didn't he? 
He can save them. He can redeem them. He can reconcile them. He can bring them back into the sheepfold because God loves all his children. But we got to begin to believe it. We got to stir ourselves to declare the promises of God. Verse 15 says, and thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. There are some promises that we're going to see and get a hold of right here in the earth. There are some promises that you might not see answered until you stand before Christ one day. I love Hebrews chapter 11. How many of you love Hebrews chapter 11, man? I know everybody says it's a great faith, faith chapter, but you know what I love about Hebrews 11? First of all, it, after the first verse, now faith is substance of things what? Hope for and the evidence of things clearly not seen. And then it goes on down to verse six. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Then he starts talking about all the different patriarchs of the faith. Now, by faith, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, uh, David, by faith, all of these amazing patriarchs of the faith. And yet, when you get down to the end of Hebrews chapter 11, I love it because it says, but none of them received their final promise. Why? Because God's waiting for the time when you and I will receive it at the same time they receive it. That's a promise. You say, well, what kind of promise is that? I'm not going to see it in this world. Listen, are you only living for this world? If you are, you, you, have been set, you have bought into the lie of our society and our culture instead of the kingdom of God. We're passing through here. In our passing, we ought to be faithful about doing the Father's business. We ought to be doing good. We ought to be touching lives. We ought to be helping people to get healed, marriages to be restored, lives to be affected and impacted. We should be doing everything we can here in our city and everywhere we can, wherever God gives us influence all over the world. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We have to believe it. We have to stand in the promise and know that one day if we will, man, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna allow that hope that is within us. He said, we have fled for refuge, might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Listen, to, to those of you that have an, an unsaved, wayward child, you need to lasso hope around the promise of God's word. Don't be moved by your circumstances. Don't be moved by what you see. You begin to declare, you begin to stake claim to the promise. You put your hope in God's word that no matter how wayward they are out there, how lost they seem to be, how far away from the kingdom they seem to be, they're not too far away. God can still grab hold of them. Amen for Melissa. We got one person believing that. Amen. Romans chapter 5, a few verses here. Follow along, verse, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice... <laughs> Okay, American church, you ready for this one? We rejoice in our sufferings. No, we don't. God help us to rejoice through our sufferings. I don't rejoice for my sufferings, but I do want to learn to rejoice through my sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, 
at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. We have so much to put our hope in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I want to say to the church this morning, I want to say to each and every one of us, individually, families, the corporate body, God's not through with us. But it is going to take faith. It's going to take hope. It's going to take obedience for us to live out the purposes and plans of God. Sometimes it's going to hurt, but his grace will be sufficient. Sometimes we're going to struggle in our obedience, but if we will be steadfast, God will use us in significant ways. I believe this house is a house full of people that want our lives to count. I want my life to matter. I don't want to just be born, exist, and die. I was ministering to someone this week who's dying of alcoholism, sick. And I began to weep over this person because I remember and know that that was not God's desire. Live your whole life and end in a bottle. But neither is any other thing that robs us of the full obedience of God worthy of us selling our soul to. I want to put my hope on what God says. Put your hope right here. Put your hope right here. Put it, put it in me. Trust me. Obey me. That's why church, hear me. I'm going to harp on it till we all get it. It might be when Jesus returns. But you've got to be in the word of God every day. Every day. You just cannot afford one day to be outside the word of God. Don't take a vacation from God. Get up every day and get in the word. Meditate on it. God, what are you saying today for me? The word will change my life. And then secondly, man, as you're in the word, just learn how to be a worshiper. Begin to just honor God, thank God, love God. Put your hope in God. You put your hope there, you'll never, never be disappointed. If you put your hope in your marriage, you're going to be disappointed. Put your hope in your finances, they're going to fly away. Put your hope in your career. Man, one day you're going to just, I, I said to a man recently, I said, listen, I said, God has so much more for you than just this career you have. He was standing there looking at what he was doing and, and, and he was literally mesmerized with what he was getting to do. And I said, but you know what? As great as what you're doing is, if this is all there is, 20, 30 years from now, you have no children, no grandchildren looking up, following you into something that's bigger than this. You're going to have nothing but regret. Don't want to end my life with regret, man. Can, can you agree with me that every one of us is going to live our lives to a way that we're saying, Look, in the end, I want to have no regret. Well, that, the, the only way we're going to get there and have no regret is we're going to be faithful and obedient to the end. Whatever God, whatever you say, that's what I want to do and live. Hebrews chapter 11, I quoted this to you a minute ago. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. This last scripture, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I want you just to shut out everybody, and I want you to listen to this promise in God's word. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says this. 
May the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and with peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray over the church this morning. I pray over us, every disciple of Christ, every follower of Christ. Lord, those that are on their journey and, 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 and they've asked you, they've invited you to be their savior. They're not yet at that place where they've invited you to be Lord of everything in their life. But today, as they're on this path, I pray, Father, Lord, that you would set before them hope and faith and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost, that they would begin to hunger and thirst for the fullness of all that you have. So they're not just giving their Sunday morning for an hour and a half to you, but they're giving you their lives. And I pray, God, that you, the God of hope, would fill them with all joy and all peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, you may see in them the ability to abound in the hope of Christ Jesus. I pray for the church this morning. Pray for this particular family of believers. Pray for those watching online. I pray for those under our influence in Jamaica, Honduras, and Peru, and in China, and in Africa, and, 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 and in Cuba, Father. Lord, that we as a people will live our lives in complete surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ so that we would abound in hope and faith and peace and joy so that we would live out our lives whatever days that you have numbered for each one of us, Father, we trust you with our lives. Father, I know you've called us to do great things in your name. Not because we're great, but because you're great. Not because there's anything special in us, but because there's everything special in us through Christ Jesus. Be glorified in our lives. I pray that we as a people today walk out of here and many that have been walking in hopelessness. Father, they're believers, they're Christians, they, they serve you and yet they've been hopeless because they've been consumed with so much negative and, and so much bad news, Father. Our world is inflicted and impacted, Lord, by a loss of hope. Epidemic in our country, Father, young people taking their lives, committing suicide because through all the lies of the world, they're waking up and they have no hope. They don't know, am I a boy, am I a girl? What am I? Am I straight, am I this or am I that? Do, 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 I, do I be this or do I be that? What, what is those around me saying? Father, they're so confused about who they are. I pray that the church of Jesus Christ would be a light that shines in a darkened place. And we would take the kingdom into the society and the culture that you've given us responsibility over. And we would shine forth the good news of the gospel. That when we speak, hopelessness will disappear and hope will come into the room. Faithlessness will disappear and faith will walk into the room. That we will be a light that shines.
We give our lives, the raising of our children. We surrender, Father, 100% of our lives over to you. And I pray over this precious family that you've given me the responsibility to shepherd and watch over and to pray over and, and, and to, to keep an eye on, Father, as an under-shepherd, under-Christ, Lord, that, that I would do my part. But I pray, Lord, that all confusion in the people in this house would disappear through obedience to the Word and the Spirit. They would begin to do whatever it takes to be that man or woman of faith, that father of faith in the home. Pray over the men of this house that they would be true priests in their households. They would rise up and lead their families into righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Pray for the moms of the house, all the amazing women, single or married, mothers, grandmothers, whoever and whatever they are, Father, that you would just stir within them that sense of I am not yet finished with what the Father has for me. Pray for all of our young people and all of our children. God, help us not to fail our children. As parents, help us not to fail our children, our grandchildren. We pray over them, watch over their soul. Help us to do right towards them by teaching, training, and nurturing them towards the things of the kingdom. I thank you for it. Stir up in us. Finish the work in us, Holy Spirit, that you've begun. I declare that in Jesus' name. Now, believers, I would ask you to continue to pray. Remain with your head bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. There are some in this room, you believe in God, but you are full of hopelessness today because you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, who is the giver of hope, the giver of faith giver of peace, the giver of joy, the giver of purpose. Today, Jesus is tapping on your heart's door. And he's wanting you to open the door and invite him in. And he'll come in with righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost. He'll come in with salvation. He'll come in with cleansing. He'll heal your heart. He'll, he'll restore your mind. He'll redeem your situation. If you'll simply surrender to him. Believers are praying across this room. Those of you that are watching online, I could not see your hand if you raised it, but you can call in. But right now, where you are, lift up your hand wherever you are and respond. Pastor, pray for me in this auditorium this morning. If that's you, would you let me lead you in a simple prayer today right where you're seated? Let's invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. Let's replace hopelessness today with hope. That's you this morning in this place. Would you just lift up your hand? Let me pray with you this morning in this place. Yes, God bless you. Who else this morning? This is, this is, this is your moment right here, right now. You surrender completely to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let him come in and do what he does well. Let him heal broken heart let him give peace this morning anyone else this is you today your opportunity I want to invite all of you to pray with me over this one precious person that lifted their hand pray this prayer out loud pray it in faith maybe you didn't lift your hand but you wanted to pray this prayer just like you did and at some point you can tell someone I prayed that prayer today and let Jesus meet you right where you are Pray this out loud with me. Father God, I surrender to Jesus the Christ. Jesus, I invite you. Come into my life. 
I open up my heart's door today and I give you my all. I'm tired of hopelessness, tired of the pain I carry, of the sins I've committed. Today, I lay them all at the foot of the cross. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for saving me. Today, I make you Lord of my life. Be my Savior, be my King, be my Lord. I surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.